Welcome, everybody. I'm Zach Watovich. And I'm Zach Watovich. And today, Charlie <laughs> steals my personality because he just wasn't cutting it. Well, everyone that listened to the last episode, I had to hold true on my promise that I would actually do that. Oh, um, you did commit, and then I didn't recognize it. Yeah, you didn't smile or laugh or anything, yeah. so I felt really weird about that it. Probably should have been the sign. I don't. <laughs> that sure it wasn't what, a good joke to start did. with. Well, you know, some of us have it, some of us don't. Yeah, it's, and I don't. But what I do have is a fantastic guest for us today, Alex Barthet, who is an attorney at the Barthet Firm, uh, to talk about some contractual law and some things that your business can be doing to not get into a holy crap, I need help moment, but be proactive uh, and protected up front. So very, very excited to have him on. Are you excited to talk some law, Zach? And I actually met Alex. I was a, a esteemed guest on the lean zone, his podcast that really? he's been doing for a long time. I, Charlie's when finding was out. That? Real t- <coughs> I wasn't going to tell you about it. I figured. Was it recently? Yeah. When? Eh, a couple weeks ago. Wow. We talked about builder trend. Mm. So if you, did you talk about me? I mentioned that I was the co-host of building code, but I didn't, <laughs> I may have dropped the co actually. I may have just said the host, the of, host the of the building well, code. Dang. Uh, maybe you go listen to the episode, find out. And I will. I would love way you home. guys to go support Alex and listen to his uh, his podcast in general. It's super educational. We talked about best practices of scheduling. It was a ton of fun. Enough about that. Let's get him in here and let's start talking about some some legal education in the construction industry. Let's do it. Alex, welcome back to The Building Code. It's great to see you since I was last on the Lean Waiver podcast and you've been on The Building Code before, back in episode 63. How you been? Wow. Good, good. That sounds like a long time ago. It is. We're on episode, you're episode 180. So wow. it's been a stretch. There were different hosts back then. Yeah, I like to call that time. The um, dark, the dark times. No, not the dark time at all. Tom and Paul were great. I was going to say, I like to call it BC for before Charlie. Uh, <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> boo this man. But no, I and I actually listened to that uh, episode because I needed to do some research on lean waivers. I've not heard... Zach's episode. I was about to ask, yet, but rate uh, my performance. I'll uh, we'll link it in the show note, and everyone can check it out. But for those listeners that aren't longtime listeners and and didn't get a chance to check out that episode, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself um, and your background? Sure. Uh, again, my name is Alex Barthet. I'm a board certified construction lawyer here in Florida. I went to engineering school, decided to go to the dark side, become a lawyer, <laughs> join my father. And now we have 13 lawyers. All we do is construction law in the state of Florida. So we help contractors, architects, engineers, subcontractors with their construction contracts, payment issues, and construction disputes. Fantastic. Well, Alex, we wanted to bring you on today to talk about legal contracts and kind of the ins and outs. It sounds like you're highly qualified for it, certainly (laughs) more than Charlie and I. So, you know, Tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your focus in the construction law industry. You know, what are the things that you deal with on a daily basis? So we, we try to spend our time keeping our clients out of trouble. Um, for some clients that's easier said than done. Um, you know, construction professionals are an interesting bunch, uh, very optimistic, great risk takers. Um, so sometimes that causes them to maybe bite off a little more than they can chew. That's a politically correct way of saying that. Um, (laughs) They're ambitious. Yeah. They're ambitious. And sometimes that means they need a lawyer. Uh, (laughs) So we spend a lot of time working on their construction contracts, whether that's drafting them from scratch, modifying what they have, amending contracts that other people give them, 
And we like to think that that is the best use of a client's money. It's much better to spend that money early on, a few thousand bucks, tighten up your contracts, uh, and that can go a long way at avoiding, uh, minimizing or avoiding problems in the future. Amazing. You know, we've had a few construction lawyers here on the podcast, and we've learned some things that are yeah. pretty interesting. And, and this is not on script, so to speak. And, you know, one of the things we saw in 2020 was a pandemic that led to unprecedented material shortages. And we've heard, you know, about different clauses and contracts, like what was navigating that 2020 contract environment like, you know, when, when the prices were jumping up, but seemingly by the hour, you know, what was that experience like for you? It was, uh, it was challenging. We got our, we were flooded with phone calls. Yeah. Again, a lot of this happened, I would say eight, uh, 12 to 18 months ago was really when it all, at least here in South Florida, um, when it all really hit the fan. And there was a lot of uh, angst because people signed contracts that had a pretty clear no escalation clause. And now they've got material prices in every sector of the construction economy going up 10, 20, 30, 50%. On top of which, so dollars are one thing. We had other clients that said, yeah, it sucks. I'm, I'm losing my shirt, but I can't even get the stuff. Like, right. forget about what I'm willing to pay. So, you know, one of the things we had here, and I'm aware that it happened in other parts of the country as well, just uh, concrete is a great example. Concrete was just being rationed. You were put on allocation. You would call and say, you know, you wanted 35 trucks. We're going to send you four. So figure it out. Um, we'll send you the other ones maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. Um, so between the, the dollars and the time, it was a real challenge. Mm -hmm. And what we saw is that the more sophisticated owners and contractors and subs realized this is a problem they had to solve um, together, not adversarially. And those are the projects that did the best and got through this uh, and avoided litigation. Right. So is that... I guess in that specific example you just gave, what could you go through like the the solution there? Is it is it group purchasing? Is that what you mean by that, or is it just like more uh, diligent upfront work from like a contractual standpoint? Yeah. So we um, what we did when it was happening, right? You know, it created there were two sets of problems. Problem number one was I signed a contract before that pretty much gives me next to no rights now. Um, how do I deal with this problem? And problem number two was, I'm about to sign mm. this contract. What do I put in this contract that I have to sign tomorrow to make sure this doesn't sink me um, in the future? There were different problems with different solutions. So problem number one, which is I'm dealing with a contract that I have no rights. And that's the, the majority of them, especially more sophisticated contracts that subcontractors sign, more sophisticated contracts that owners gave to contractors to sign. Um, what we did is we helped them work on uh, a letter. Uh, we would review the existing contract that they have. We would try to find different angles um, to try to create some legal argument that they're entitled to some relief. Um, typically, it was hard to come by. A lot of people like to talk about force majeure, but the reality is, is that most contracts did not have a force majeure clause, did not give the contractor the right to ask for more money. Um, so we would 
in essence, make a request that sounded somewhat legal, but was really more of a courteous ask saying, look, you're getting the benefit of raise, of rising uh, per square foot prices, uh, rents, uh, better pro formas in your project because of demand. Why should we pay the cost of the benefit that you're getting? Plus, we mixed in a few legal things. Um, and many times our clients were happy getting 10, 20, 50 percent of what they were out just to keep going, right. to, to, to make it more palatable. Um, so that's what we did. We had a lot of clients have great success in those negotiations and pretty much all of them avoided litigation. Um, the second problem was what do I put into a contract today to sign to avoid this from happening in the future? And we would write uh, you know, escalation clauses and time extension clauses that quite frankly were pretty simple. And then it was just up to the client to negotiate the resolution. Uh, you know, how much of an escalation in concrete before you're entitled to to get that? Um, do you get overhead and profit on the escalation? How do you prove the escalation? So you get in the weeds on those depending on the project. But those those were easy to solve once you realize the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, do you- but we haven't seen we haven't seen much litigation associated with contract disputes related to escalation. Well, that's good to hear. Yes. I kind of expected the opposite. (laughs) But one thing I'm interested in, do you think these clauses will be permanent fixtures now for contractors? So that's that's a really interesting question. I I, I actually have the answer, Mm. and the answer is no. Mm. So now that things, what we're seeing in in the Florida, especially the South Florida market, is now that it has kind of leveled out and the issues are aren't so dire owners are not allowing or are i should say pushing back on escalation clauses um so they were letting it they were allowing the escalation clauses in over the last 12 to 18 months when this was really happening but now that it's not such a prevalent issue they're saying no 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 we need you to give us a price that we can rely on um so we're seeing it actually come out of contracts uh, more and more. Um, now, that being said, if you're a contractor uh, and you have your own form of contract and you have the ability to have the leverage in the bargain, you know, you put in a ability to ask for escalation whenever it happens. Um, and we have smaller contractors that do residential construction, small commercial construction, and their standard contract gives them the escalation right. So those those guys were doing fine mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. They never had an issue. They would just pass it on. So something I'm really curious about is, and you mentioned a little bit about the different um, kind of uh, demographics of people that you work with. Is it primarily, I would imagine you prefer when people are more proactive about getting their contracts in place as opposed to calling you up when something went wrong and they need help. What would you say kind of the split is there from helping people on the front end to trying to bail people out on the back end? Uh, 90-10. 90% we have to fix the problem after it happened. 10% people call us before or as the problem is happening. So to hopefully help our listeners out there who are wanting to be more proactive, um, what are like maybe some signs that they should reach out and get contractual help right now 
um, or maybe warning signals that trouble could be coming, I guess, is there a way to kind of know uh, the right time to reach out to, to someone like you? Oh, yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty easy. So the, the first thing someone should do is they should look at their contract that they are handing to people. By the way, this, this includes a purchase order, an estimate, a proposal. You know, those are all contracts and they can have terms and conditions. And if you put terms and conditions in them and someone signs them, that's your contract. So number one, what are you handing to someone and does it have terms and conditions that help you if there's a dispute? Um, do you have a lawyer that you've had that, that has helped you draft those terms and conditions? Um, if not, you should. So that anytime you give someone a document that you're expecting them to sign, again, purchase order, uh, a quote, it should have those terms and conditions, number one. Number two, if you have a more formal agreement, has it been reviewed by a lawyer? Most people think that it's a it's an expensive endeavor. You know, typically we charge a few thousand dollars, a couple thousand, to review someone's contract. It's not an expensive uh, ask. And with the right lawyer, you get that back in spades with the problems that you avoid. Right. Um, and then the other thing we offer, uh, if you go to contractdetective.com, which is our free artificial intelligence tool, hmm. anybody can do it. It's a, it's intended for Florida contracts, but we have seen a lot of people in other jurisdictions submit their contracts. You upload your contract. It then highlights 10 types of provisions we've identified are the most dangerous. Uh, it points them out in the contract, and it has a link to a five-minute video on each of those provisions wow. and explains what those are. So, for example, you can upload a 60-page construction contract. It'll identify all the spots where there's consequential damage provisions, and then there'll be a link for you to watch a video on what are consequential damages. What should you consider when you are negotiating a consequential damage provision in your contract? What do sample consequential damage provisions look like. And again, it's completely free, takes about three minutes, um, and everyone should use it. So you can at least have a better understanding of what a contract says, especially if one is given to you. Right. Gosh, Alex, I, I don't say this lightly, but I'm looking at this site right now. This may be the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Data guys, it's like, whoa. I, uh, the podcast has to end. I got to I gotta go check yeah. this out right now. <laughs> well, I, I need to, first of all, I guess, draft up a contract for uh, something. <laughs> Maybe I'll renegotiate my salary for doing this podcast in a contract form. <laughs> I Zero. Need, Our yeah. leverage is, is not great. <laughs> it all use, I need, well, I just need an example to, to mess around with this website. This is sweet. We will definitely link this in the show notes um, for people out there. What a great resource. Alex, what's, you know what's funny is people call us all the time and they're like, do you guys provide any standard boilerplate contract language that I can use and like put in the builder trend uh, software to be more compliant. And our response and customer success has always been like, do you want us to provide legal contract? <laughs> like you, I you probably should get a lawyer. Yeah. I've always like, you. sir, I went to school for political science, but I am not an attorney. I recommend, but that's, that's kind of my question is like all this new technology and, all this, you know, innovation that's happening and even legal tech has some really 
amazing stuff coming out. I don't know if you know about much about that, Charlie, but no, I'm not up um, on tech. My bad. Is there a world where like people can get self-serve con- like contracts that are created and are compliant with the standards of the localities and jurisdictions that they're serving in? Or it's self-service uh, and like get a contract and make sure it's good to go? No, it doesn't really Great. exist. You know, there's there's there are um various trade organizations that publish construction contracts mm-hmm. that get you close mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so there's the most uh common one which is the american institute of architects the aia contract documents and they're and they're good mm-hmm. right a lot of people like to use them as a base and then modify from there yeah um but a lot of the details come in that modification like what is it how are you going to make it better for you and compliant in the state that you're in. So for example, a good example is um, an AIA construction contract out of the box does not include the right to recover attorney's fees if you have to sue somebody. Well, that's something that you know a lawyer is gonna have to add to the contract for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use it for construction contracts in Florida to have lien rights, you need to include a disclaimer uh, and the failure to include that disclaimer could uh, void your lien rights. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not in the standard AIA contract. So, you know, the answer to your question is you can get close and Mm -hmm. we see a lot of people cobble together construction contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, but really go on. If you, if you have a lawyer, you should ask them to review your contract. If you don't have a lawyer, you should go to Google and type in, you know, construction lawyer, whatever your city or County is, and you should find someone that is uh, well-versed in construction law. Don't have your uncle who handles <laughs> trusts and estates uh, or uh, slip and falls do your construction contract. That would be a big mistake. Or your random customer success I coach. Say, definitely don't have Zach Wotovich do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be the last option. But leave it leave it to you, Alex. Like, no, you still need me. My job is, you know. You, you know Our job is safe. Yeah. I am not worried about AI <laughs> taking over my job. <laughs> Love it. So, you know, what what other things are you helping you know a contractor build out in their contracts um so there's a handful of you know construction contract provisions that we see are the most important um obviously it's got to be compliant with the law you know especially residential construction many jurisdictions have disclosure requirements so for example in florida if you go to someone's house and you have them sign a contract, you have to give them a three-day right of rescission. Mm-hmm. And they have to sign that right. They have to sign a document that says that they were informed of that right, um, that they could cancel for no reason within three days. If you don't have that, your contract is not compliant. So step one is, again, goes back to making sure you have the right lawyer, but you got to get a lawyer that knows the area of the law. Number two, as far as kind of like business terms, I would I, I encourage clients to think it's it's actually pretty simple. Think about the last year, two, five years, ten years of things that have gone wrong. What has gone wrong on projects that you were on? And how can you write a contract provision that would minimize or avoid that uh, situation? And those are the types of provisions that you want to have in. I do construction work. I show up to the job all the time and they don't have access. I get there, access is not available. So, okay, well now you're gonna add a provision in your contract that 
They have to grant access to the project Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., um, right? So if you just think about where you're spending your money, where you're inefficient, where you've had problems, where you've had disputes, um, you should have provisions that deal with all of those issues. We have a contractor client that's been a client for, I don't know, 20 some years, and he has his terms and conditions that he helped us prepare, but he has his own set of exclusions and comments, and they're all numbered. I think he's up to number 36. And each one of them is a story that he can tell you about a, about a job that went wrong. Like if you just look, okay, po- you point to number 18, he's, oh, that was Mrs. Smith. She did this to me. So when that was done, I added, you know, point 18 into the contract. Right. So that would never happen again. Everyone should be doing that. You'll Just having those types of exclusions will go a long way at protecting you. Forget about all the legal stuff. Yeah. The, like the truest definition of, of fool me once, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> but with the law. But with the, yeah, you don't want to mess. The, <laughs> the law is not one that I want to make one mistake, let alone have to learn on the fly. You know, it's definitely good to have someone who, who has done it before. And it's, it's funny. You're like, oh, you know try to think about what's going on in construction. It's like, oh, nothing ever goes wrong in construction. You know, that exercise alone could lead to, a, like you said, a 60 page contract. Is that, I mean, is that a typical length for a, a contractor is a 60 page, is that by scope project? I mean. So we typically see a direct correlation to the contract value and the number of the pages. terms and conditions. Yeah. So, you know, contracts that are in the, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, you can do fine with one, two, five pages. Mm -hmm. You get into the low millions. Now you're looking in the low tens of pages. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, you're probably getting into the, you know, tens of millions. Now you're probably in the 50, 80 pages of terms and conditions. Charlie Burt whistle territory. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, something like that. Zach's in a, a Friday mood today. I'm not sure what's going Clearly, on. Clearly, but I, you guys are drinking. Are you guys? No, no, we don't drink. No, no, on no. the pod. You should have. You should have told me. I would have had a beer. With Get it out. Thing. Get it out. Yeah, you always know if you're on four o'clock Friday spot. All of our future guests, there, there might be some libations, you know, yeah. nearby. Stay hydrated with some Powerade. <laughs> um, I am. I, I've said this to multiple people before. If I could if have a second life, uh, I think I'd want to be a lawyer. I just, I find everything you're saying so fascinating and, and, and on the side, I'm just scrolling through, uh, the lean zone on your website and you guys have a ton of free resources, uh, which I'm definitely going to geek out on. We'll link to that in the show notes, but for our listeners, could you guys just kind of talk through what all you have listed out there and maybe a good place to start if they're listening to this, they're a little worried. They're like, I'm not sure if I'm, you know, protecting the way I should be, or I do have questions about this. Just maybe a quick overview of that site would be really beneficial. Yeah. So we started the lean zone. Um, I think we're probably 15 years ago, uh, maybe even a little longer. And it just, it's separate from our firm website. It's just a resource for those in the construction industry. Again, focused on Florida. Um, we have articles on various topics, delays, liens, bond claims, contract issues. Um, so it's a good place to get some questions answered, but we're big on tools. We're big on giving away as much information as we can to have people as informed about the process and the and the, the intricacies of the law uh, as possible. So I told you about the contract detective. Um, so that was launched a little less than a year ago. Um, 
it's great success. You know, every day a handful of people are using it. Um, so it's great to see that resource being used. Um, we also offer a couple of other desk tools, again, really for Florida. So this is the calculine. Mm. So this Ooh. is so in Florida, you have to calculate when your notice to owner is due, which is 45 days, and when your claim of lien is due, and that's 90 days. So this is a little uh that is so cool. calendar that calculator to calculate when the 45 and the 90 days is. So we give this away for free. You oh. go to the lien zone website or calculine.com. Zach's and gonna then be we seeing have, one of those on my desk on Monday. Yeah, we're gonna be like you know. And then we have this one. This is called the Lean-O-Matic. Oh, my um, goodness. You guys have a lot of fun. This with is so things, cool. We do. We do. Yeah. Where's our and stuff? We want building code stuff. Where's our stuff? Sorry, and then I'll it, it tells you, you know, you pull the little slider down and it you find where you are on the on the project. So yeah. you, and it says I'm the subcontractor. You line up the arrow and down here it tells you what to file and when you have to file it. Your your um, engineer is showing a little bit here with yeah. some of these. Just a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. How long did it take you to design? How many you were using like software, oh, like the whole thing? Took a long time. And we're uh probably a little less than a month away from releasing an updated app available on the iPhone and Android, which will include an app version of the Calculine, the Lenomatic, and it will allow you to use your phone and take a picture of your contract, and then it will send you all the information the contract detective will. So it'll scan oh, the contract from the photo and send that to you, um, and then link to the podcast so as well. So yeah, we're, look, we, are, we think that the, the more educated, like you guys do, the more educated a consumer is of our service, the better they will appreciate us and the better off their business will be in the process. So we give away lots of yeah. free stuff. That's so cool, Alex. Yeah, developing an app, not a cheap endeavor either, but really great that it'll be on my phone. I can't wait. So send, send, us, send us back. We wanna, I wanna know when it hits the store. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll Thank do you. it. Uh, you also mentioned the uh, the podcast as well, uh, which I'm a little salty about uh, that Zach was I recently on it. Couldn't tell him because of his reaction. He's handling it very <laughs> yeah, maturely. Yeah, you're lucky I'm, we're recording right now. But <laughs> I am I am curious, and obviously we'll link to that in the show notes as well, but uh, what are some of the, the topics? Because I was scrolling through on the side here. It looks like you cover a, a pretty wide range. It's not even all law-related, but more or less just construction yeah, it's always construction related. And uh, what we do is it's mostly me talking about a specific issue, you know, how to make a claim on a payment bond, how to defend yourself if you have a claim on a performance bond. Um, if you're owed money, what steps should you take? Uh, how to deal with construction contract issues. But we occasionally interview some folks. Uh, I think the a recent episode was on succession planning in your construction business. I'm a business, I'm a construction business owner. Um, how do I leave the business uh, so that I don't have to work in it all the time and have other people do it so that it continues after I stop working? So we spoke with an expert in the area and she talked a little bit about how to make that happen. So yeah, we, we cover lots of different topics. If you are a business owner or uh, in credit and collections, uh, project manager, or one day wanna be a construction business owner, you know, our podcast, like yours, are relatively short, anywhere from five to 25 minutes, depending on the topic. And we just try to leave you with something 
so that you can implement it right away uh, and and make your business better. Fantastic. So just to end, if I was a contractor and I was looking for legal advice, what should I do? You mentioned Google it, but like, what else? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is talk to someone you trust that's in construction and ask them for a referral. It's always nice to be able to say, well, you know, I'm a plumber. I know this other plumber. Who does she use for uh, her legal work? Um, and maybe they'll say, I don't use anybody or it's, you know, I use this person and they're great or I use this person and I'm about to switch. So don't ever use that person. So a personal referral is a good idea. Going to Google is helpful. Uh, check out people's reviews. Obviously, you know, most people go and get a review before they go to a dentist or mm. go out to dinner. You should do the exact same thing with your lawyer. Be worried about a construction lawyer that has no reviews or even worse, bad reviews. Um, but unfortunately, reviews in the legal space are pretty rare. So the idea that someone has a handful, it's not the end of the world. Um, but you have to feel comfortable with whoever you decide to hire and don't hire someone just based on price. Don't hire the person that is less expensive than, than a person that has more experience and is better, uh, maybe better that is more expensive. Um, and in many states, there's certifications like in Florida, you can become board certified in construction. So mm-hmm. look for someone that's board certified in the area of law that you need help with. Um, that'll that'll cut down the number of people that you're going to consider substantially from the potentially dozens down to probably a small handful. Amazing. That's great advice. Well, Alex, it's been a pleasure. We'd love to have you back. This was yeah. it flew by. I can't wait to see what new tools you have on your desk the next time we have you on. I'm sure you got more cooking up that you don't have to Yeah, share we do now. actually. I bet. Do. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, Zach, we just had Alex uh, on the building code. What do you think? That was okay. That was pretty good for an intro on the outro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You'll get better. Thanks. I, I appreciate you letting yeah. me have this one. I just want to coach you up a little bit. Yeah. So are you going to tell me what you thought or do I have to do both parts? Do you do that part too? Well, I thought Alex <laughs> was extremely uh, informational and I actually wasn't joking. I've made, I've told a couple of our in-house people um, here at BuilderTrend, Sam and Nick, if they're listening, that in another life, I would have loved to be a lawyer. But It's never the, too late. Uh, I'm not sure if I have the fortitude, fortitude, commitment, capabilities to do it. But I, I can. You could do it. I can interview. You're really, really good. smart people, and Alex fit that description to a T. So, yeah, I, I I just find it fascinating. Like their entire job is to think about the worst possible things that could happen to you and mm-hmm. protect you from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody likes thinking about the worst possible things that could happen. So, pay someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 just awesome to hear someone take a approach an innovative approach such as he's doing where they have the calculine the and props the i want props the, the lean the, re- the educational resources yeah the the lean detective and things like that so i it was a refreshing i mean i like our lawyers here too but uh you know you think lawyer you don't typically think someone as cool and as fun as alex who did uh, before we started recording, invite us to Miami. So we may have to take him up on that. Yeah. But no, great episode. What did you think, Zach? 
learned a ton. It was really interesting. We've had a few construction attorneys. I mentioned that in the interview. And so it was really fascinating to hear that. Now those, the, the, the contractor client relationship is like shifting. Yeah. These, these clauses are being removed from contracts. I think that's a good sign too, of the material shortages, like kind of on the tail end of that. And so things are kind of able to be able to be built in more realistic timelines. And that's really positive and really great advice from Alex on a lot of different things, like what clauses to include. And you know, the bigger your contract, the longer the contract details are, which makes a ton of sense. And then also the, the tool of like looking through and like understanding the provision, right. that's incredible. So definitely recommend checking those out. And as always, we really love having you listen to the building code and we hope to bring more content like to all of our listeners uh, more, you know, as we go. So any last thoughts there? Um, just when you said, as always, I thought you were going to say like review and subscribe Oh, and you didn't, but we do need to start saying that I looked up our reviews the other day and we actually got a really nice one in March. Um, but before that, the last one we had was, uh, my friend who I said I would buy him a drink if he gave us a review. Did uh, you deliver? Yes, I did. Wow. Uh, but I, we would appreciate that if you guys could, uh, go out there and do that and help us keep our jobs. Unless you don't like us, in which case, don't give us a review. <laughs> but until next time, I'm Charlie Bertlesel. I'm Zach Watovich. And this is The Building Code.